Welcome to the Wonderful Lizard. The Scarecrow appeals to Glinda the Good. Hooray! shouted the Scarecrow gaily. Now we can leave this miserable jackdaw's nest whenever we please. But it's nearly dark, said the Tin Woodman, and unless we wait till morning to make our flight we may get in some more trouble. Uh, I don't like these night trips, sir, for no one ever knows what what will happen. (laughs) So it was decided to wait until daylight, and the adventurers amused themselves in the twilight by searching the jackdaw's nest for treasures. The Wobblebug found two handsome bracelets of roth gold, which fitted his slender arms well. The scarecrow took fancy rings, of which there are many in the nest. Before long, he had fitted a ring to each of his padded fingers, and, not being content with the display, he had added one more to each thumb. Little excessive. As he carefully chose rings set with sparkling stones such as rubies, amethysts, and sapphires, the scarecrow's hands now presented a most brilliant appearance. The nest would be a picnic for Queen Ginger, he said musingly, for as nearly as I can make out, she and her girls conquered me merely to rob my city of the emeralds. Oh no! Taking away the emeralds no one's using to help people. Wouldn't that be the worst? The Tin Woodman was content with his diamond necklace and refused to accept any additions. But Tip secured a fine gold watch, which was attached to a heavy fob, and placed it in his back pocket with much pride. It didn't say back pocket. It just said pocket, but that just seems right. He also pinned several jeweled brooches to Jack Pumpkinhead's red waistcoat, and attached a lorgnette, lor, long, longnette, longnette, um, by means of a fine chain to the neck of a sawhorse. Um, a longnette is like a gingham jewel. I presume. I presume it is very pretty," said the creature, regarding the longnette. Approvingly, but what is it for? None of them could answer the question. No kidding. However, none of them could answer the question, however. So the sawhorse decided it was some rare decoration, and he became very fond of it. That none of the party may be slighted, they ended up placing several large seal rings to the points of the gump's antlers. Although that odd personage seemed by no means gratified by the attention. Darkness soon fell upon them, and Tip and the Wobblebug went to sleep while the others sat down to wait patiently for the day. Next morning, they had to congratulate themselves upon the useful condition of the gump, for with daylight a great flock of jackdaws approached to engage in one more battle for the possession of the nest. But our adventurers did not wait for the assault. They tumbled in the cushioned seats of the sofa as quickly as possible, and Tip gave word to the gump to start. At once, it rose into the air, the great wings flopping strongly with the regular motions, and in a few moments, they went so far from the nest that the chattering jackdaws took possession without any attempt at pursuit. The thing flew due north, going the same direction from whence it had come. 
At least that was the Scarecrow's opinion. And the others agreed that the Scarecrow was the best judge of direction. We'll let that sit in for a moment. After passing over several cities and villages, the Gump carried them to a high... Hey. The light I was using turned off. Can't see the book anymore. The Gump carried them high above the broad plain where the houses became more and more scattered until they disappeared altogether. Next came the wide sandy desert, separating the rest of the world from the land of Oz. And before noon, they saw dome-shaped houses that proved they were once again within the borders of their native land. But the houses and the fences are blue, said the Tin Woodman, and that indicates that we are in the land of the Munchkins, and therefore a long distance from Glinda the Good. I thought Glinda, that's where they met Glinda. She lived, I guess she lived somewhere else. And just happens to visit for important occasions. What shall we do? Asked the boy, turning to their guide. I don't know, replied the scarecrow frankly. If we were at the Emerald City, then we could move directly southward so as to reach our destination. But we dare not go to the Emerald City, and the Gump is probably carrying us further in the wrong direction with every flop of its wings. Within the Wobbleberg must swallow another pill, said Tip decidedly, and wish us headed in the right direction. Very well, returned the highly magnified one. I'm willing. Like, it, it, it seems so simple. If you literally have a pill that can solve all your problems, why do you still have problems? You have bigger problems. But when the Scarecrow searched his pocket for the pepper box containing these two silver wishing pills, it was not to be found. <laughs> well, that is the first twist this book has ever had. Wow. Filled with anxiety, the voyagers hunted through every inch of the thing for the precious box, but it had entirely disappeared. And still the gump flew onward, carrying them where they knew not where. I must have left the pebble box in the jackdaw's nest, said the scarecrow at length. It is a great misfortune, the tin woodman declared, but we are no worse off than before we discovered the wishing pills. We are better off, replied Tip. For one pill we have used, and it has enabled us to escape from that horrible nest. But they, no, they're not, you're not better off if you know you could have not been miserable, but you are. That's a sort of misery in its own. Like scientists say, you know, happiness is something you you can you can work at you can do so um when you're unhappy it's nice to know it's all your fault also you're you're better off knowing nothing yet the loss of the other two is serious and i deserve a good scolding for my carelessness the scarecrow rejoined penitently for in such an unusual party as this accidents are liable to happen at any moment even now we may be approaching 
a new danger. No one dared contradict this, and a dismal silence ensued. The gump flew steadily on. Suddenly, Tip uttered an exclamation of surprise. We must have reached the South Country, he cried, for below us everything is red. They turned. Immediately, they all leaned over the backs of the sofa to look, all except Jack, who was too careful of his pumpkin head to risk it slipping off his neck. Sure enough, the red houses and fences and trees indicated they were within the domain of Glinda the Good, and presently, as they glided rapidly on, the tin woodman recognized the roads and buildings they passed, and altered slightly the flight of the gump so that they might reach the palace of the celebrated sorceress. Good, cried the scarecrow delightedly. We do not need the lost wishing pills now, for we have arrived at our destination. Gradually the thing sank lower and nearer to the ground until at length it came to rest with the beautiful gardens of Glinda. Settling upon the velvety green lawn, close by a fountain which sent sprays of flashing gems instead of water high into the air, where they fell with a soft tinkling sound into the carved marble basin placed to receive them. Everything was very gorgeous in Glinda's gardens. Gorgeous in Glinda's gardens. Gorgeous in Glinda's gardens. Gorgeous in Glinda's gardens. While our voyagers gazed about them with admiring eyes, a company of soldiers silently appeared and surrounded them. But these soldiers of the great sorceress were entirely different of those of Ginger's army of revolt, although they were likewise girls. For Glinda's soldiers wore neat uniforms and bore swords and spears, and they marched with a skill and precision that proved them so well trained in the arts of war. Is war art? I think not. The captain commanding this troop, which was Glinda's private bodyguard, recognized the scarecrow and the tin woodman at once and greeted them with respectful salutations. This is a children's book. We don't, we don't need to use the word salutations. The captain commanding this troop, which was Glinda's private bodyguard, recognized this... Oh, I read that. Good day, said the scarecrow, gallantly removing his hat, while the woodman gave a soldierly salute. We have come to request an audience with your fair ruler. I, Glenda's wish you now awaiting you, returned the captain, for she saw you coming long before you arrived. Why, oh, that's strange, said Tip, wondering. Not at all, answered the scarecrow, for Glinda the Good is a mighty sorceress, and nothing that goes on in the land of Oz escapes her notice. I suppose she knows exactly why we came as well as we do ourselves. She knew the scarecrow was ruling the country and didn't put a stop to that. Well then, what was the use of our coming? asked Jack stupidly. To prove you are a pumpkin head, retorted the scarecrow. But if the sorceress expects us, we must not keep her waiting. So they all clambered out of their sofas. What a sentence. They all clambered out of their sofas and followed the captain toward the palace, even the sawhorse taking his place in the queer processional. Why wouldn't the sawhorse be, be there? Upon her throne, a finely wrought gold, sat Glinda, and she could scarcely repress a smile as her, peculi as her peculiar visitors entered and bowed before her, 
both the Scarecrow and Tin Woodman she knew and liked. But the Awkward Pumpkinhead and the Highly Magnified Wobblebug were creatures she had never seen before. And they seemed even more curious than the others. For the Sawhorse, he looked to be nothing more than an animated chunk of wood. I mean, he is. And he bowed so stiffly that his head bumped against the floor, causing a ripple of laughter among the soldiers, in which Glinda frankly joined. I beg to announce to your glorious highness, began the Scarecrow in a solemn voice, that my emerald city has been overrun by a crowd of impotent girls with knitting needles, who have enslaved all the men, robbed the streets and the public buildings of all the emerald jewels, and usurped my throne. I know it, said Glinda. They threatened also to destroy me as well as all the good friends and allies that you see before you, continued the Scarecrow, and if we had not managed to escape the clutches, our days would have since ended. I know it, repeated, repeated, repeated Glinda. Then I have come to beg your assistance, resumed the Scarecrow, for I believe you are always glad to exhort the unfortunate and oppressed. That is true, replied the sorceress slowly, but the Emerald City is now ruled by General Ginger, who has caused herself to be proclaimed the Queen. What right have I to oppose her? This explains why the Wicked Witch existed. Why, she stole the throne from me, said the Scarecrow. Well, how came you to possess the throne? asked Glinda. I got it from the Lizard of Oz, and by choice of the people, returned the Scarecrow, uneasy at such questioning. And where did the Lizard get it? she continued gravely. I am told he took it from Pastoria, the former king, said the Scarecrow, becoming confused under the intent look of the sorceress. Well, then, declared Glinda, the throne of the Emerald City belongs to neither you nor Ginger, but this Pastoria from whom the lizard usurped it. This is true, acknowledged the Scarecrow humbly, but Pastoria is dead and gone, and someone must rule in his place. Fastoria had a daughter who is the rightful heir to the throne of the Emerald City. Did you know that? Questioned the sorceress. Okay, honestly, that is fantastic news. The best news I've heard in a, in a long time. No, replied the scarecrow. But if this girl still lives, I will not stand in her way. It will satisfy me as well to have Ginger turned out as an imposter as to regain the throne myself. In fact, it isn't too much fun to be king, especially one who has good brains. I have known for some time that I am fitted to occupy a far more exalted position. <laughs> A what? A far more, more than the king. He wants to be more than the king. But where is this girl who owns the throne, and what is her name? Well, her name is Ozma, answered Gunda, 
but where she is I have tried in vain to discover. For the lizard, when he broke into the throne, uh, the lizard of, uh, for the lizard of Oz, when he stole the throne from Ozma's uh, uh, father, he hid the girl by some secret place by a means of a magical trick which I am not familiar with. He also managed to prevent her from being discovered even by such an experienced sorceress as myself. Well, that is strange, interrupted the Wobblebug pompously. I have been informed that the wonderful lizard of Oz was nothing but a humbug. Nonsense, exclaimed the Scarecrow, provoked by this speech. Oh, didn't she give me a wonderful set of brains? There is no humbug in my heart, announced the Tin Woodman, glaring indignantly at the Wobblebug. Oh, well, perhaps I was misinformed, uh, stammered the insect, shrinking back. I never knew the lizard personally. Well, we did, retorted the Scarecrow, and he was a very great lizard, I assure you. It is true he was guilty of some slight impostures. Some slight, some slight impostures. But unless he was a great lizard, how, let me ask, could he have hidden this girl, Ozma, so securely that no one can find her? Well, I, uh, uh, I, I give it up, replied the bubble bug meekly. Well, this is the most sensible speech you've ever made, said the tin woodman. I must really make another effort to discover where this girl is hidden, resumed the sorceress thoughtfully. I have in my library a book which is inscribed with every action of the lizard. Well, he was in the land of Oz, or at least every action that could be observed by my spies. This book I will read very carefully tonight, and try to single out the acts that may guide us in discovering the lost Ozma. In the meantime, pray amuse yourselves in my palace and command my servants as if they were your own. I will grant you another audience tomorrow. And with this gracious speech, Glinda dismissed the adventurers, and they wandered their way through the beautiful gardens, where they passed several hours enjoying all delightful things which the Queen of the Southland had surrounded her royal palace. Where they passed several hours enjoying all the delightful things which which the Queen of the Southland had surrounded her royal palace. On the following morning, they again appeared before Glinda, who said to them, "Well, I have searched very carefully through the records." of the lizard's actions, and among them I can find but three that appear to have been suspicious. He ate beans. <laughs> no! What? The lizard ate some beans. And that's suspicious. Whew. Uh, yeah. Detective Glinda is on the case. Uh, noticed... The the lizard eats eats beans. Well, he eat bean beans with a knife. He made three secret visits to Old Mumbai, and he limped slightly on his left foot. Ah, that is certainly suspicious," <laughs> exclaimed the pumpkin head, uh, presumably concerned about those beans. Well, I am very concerned about those beans. 
why would he be eating beans and why with a knife when you could have spaghetti? I don't know, I'm adding some dialogue. But we can assume that happened. Not necessarily, said the scarecrow. He may have had corns. Now it seems to me he's eating the beans with the knife is more suspicious. Is more sus- Now it seems to me he's eating the beans with the knife is more suspicious. No, I agree. Why do I agree? I have no idea, but it's gotta, it's gotta mean something. Well, perhaps this is a polite custom from Omaha. Oh, uh, the great country where the, the lizard originally came from. It may be, admitted the scarecrow. But why, asked Linda, did he make three secret visits to Udmumbai? Ah, why indeed, echoed the wobblebug impressively. Well, we know that the lizard taught many old women many of his tricks of magic, continued Linda. It might have been the other way around, from what we know of the lizard. And this he would not have done if she had not assisted him in some way. So we may suspect with good reason that Mumbai aided to hide the girl Ozma, who was the real heir to the throne of the Emerald City and a constant danger to the usurper. For if people knew that she lived, they would make her the queen and restore her to her rightful position. An able argument cried the scarecrow. I have no doubt that Mumbai was mixed up in this wicked business, but how does that knowledge help us? We must find Mumbai, replied Glinda, and force her to tell us where the girl is hidden. Mumbai is now with Queen Ginger in the Emerald City, said Tip. It was she who threw so many obstacles in our pathway and made Ginger threaten to destroy my friends and give me back into the old witch's power. Well, then, decided Glinda, I will march up with my army to the Emerald City and take Mumbai prisoner. After that, perhaps we can force her to tell the truth about Ozma. She is a terrible old woman, remarked Tip, with a shudder at the thought of Mumbai's black kettle. And obstinate, too. Well, I'm quite obstinate myself, returned the sorceress with a sweet smile. So I do not fear Mumbai in the least. Today I will make all necessary preparations, and we will march on the Emerald City at daybreak tomorrow. I enjoyed how many times I got to say, Blizzard. <laughs> Didn't you? <laughs>